have two co-hosts, Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan. And thank you for listening with an attitude of gratitude. We appreciate the impetus that this show has has right now, and it is growing and growing and growing, and uh, we do appreciate your uh, listening. And I notice a lot of you are listening to us also on our podcast, so I do appreciate that. And ladies and gentlemen, we are on iTunes, we are on Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and TuneIn Radio for user, for those that have the uh, app in, in their phone. You can play it in your most new cars. TuneIn Radio has our uh, uh, podcast. And we're, I think we're close to 230 uh, different topics that we have talked about this past three and a half years. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me get the legal stuff out of the way, and I'm going to introduce our co-hosts and tell you about the exciting uh, programs we have planned for you in the future. Next week's one, my co-hosts don't even know what it's going to be about, so it'll be a surprise for them, too. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice, should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Uh, let's start from the future show on November 14th. If all goes as planned, that uh, we will have Dr. Bennett Amalu, who, the, the famous physician who inspired the movie Concussion. He will be our personal guest for the, the show that day. Uh, so more information coming on that, but you can mark that down right now for November 14th. On October 24th, we're going to have a uh, show de- devoted to uh, hemp oil and health and health problems that are he- helped by the cannabin- this cannabinoid product. Uh, we're going to be uh, joined on the show by a well-known uh, person that deals with this, Todd Davis. And uh, next week, we are going to talk about tattoos. Uh and the health implications, the long-term health implications of tattoos. With that being said, uh, let me introduce Dr. Jerry. Are you there, sir? I am here, alive and living and well. Looking forward to the show. And thank you. And Dr. Dan? I think I'm here. Good afternoon to right. both of you, Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry. How you doing? Good Great. afternoon, Dan. Well, Ladies we're still alive. That's a good one. Okay. Ronald Reagan said, Trust and verify. I think after you hear this program, you will just flip that around and say verify, then trust. Because uh-huh. today we're going to talk about the FDA and how they approve drugs and uh, some of the things that you won't hear on mainstream media. Is that right, Dr. Jerry? 100% correct. Every bit of news that falls through the cracks, we're going to give well, you. Exactly. We're going to give you the crack, too. Right. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, just keep an open mind. Just be uh, keep yourself open to information. Uh, think, you know, try to think critically and not emotionally about the uh, 
some of the facts we're going to give you today. Uh, I think it's important uh, as we uh, go through medicine in the future that you must have a critical thought process in your mind and that you have to be the CEO of your own body. You have to make the decisions. If if someone approached the mainstream news outlets uh, and told them, I have the cause of 330,000 deaths, 6.6 million hospitalizations, and 80 million minor but troubling and disruptive problems per year in the United States and Europe, what do you think? You think they believe you or become interested? But the question is, how many of these news operations would publish these numbers once they realize you were talking about correctly prescribed medical drugs as the sole cause? Think about it. Think about these numbers. They're staggering. Okay? Kill... Kills and maims. There's 330,000 people a year who are killed, 6.6 million who are hospitalized, and 80 million whose productivity is hobbled and whose ability to care for others is significantly diminished. Where did I get these numbers? Guess what? From a university professor, University of Pennsylvania professor, Donald Light. He has a book titled the risk of prescription drugs, okay? He is a mainstream professor at University of Pennsylvania. He's a visiting professor at Stanford. He's a fellow at the Edmund J. Safra Center for Ethics at Harvard. Mainstream person coming up with these kinds of, of statistics. So they're not far out, left, right, or whatever. It's from the mainstream, ladies and gentlemen. Big numbers that affect all of us. So, we're talking about maybe drugs that shouldn't have been approved in the first place. And I want to start out by telling you that there's a new study that just turned over a large rock, ladies and gentlemen. And now that is exposing how these pharmaceutical companies lie, cheat, and steal to get what? Drugs onto the market quickly. And you're not the only one being deceived. Sorry to say your doctor is relying on this phony information whenever they send you off to the pharmacy with a new prescription. New research makes it crystal clear if you're taking a prescription drug for any reason, it's more important than ever to do your homework before you pop that pill. When a new drug hits the market, ladies and gentlemen, we... Te- we you know, now, now you just have to turn on the TV and you read and hear glowing news stories about how it's shined in trial results and how it's been found to be the best medication for fill-in-the-blank, whatever you want, that's ever been developed. You know, best thing since apple pie. But those claims are very often based on flawed, failed, or misrepresented drug trials, something now done so commonly that has practically become the normal. Now, there's research out of Finland. They looked at 113 clinical trials and found that 33 and a third percent, one-third of them, were not publicly registered when they began. That's a lack of transparency, transparency, and that is the first step in covering up unfavorable results. That, however, ladies and gentlemen, it 
pales in comparison to other deception these researchers discovered. In one out of five trials, 20%, the researchers didn't even bother to specify what their main objective was. That little trick should disqualify a study immediately as it leaves the door wide open for unscrupulous researchers to claim a drug met its goal when they never made it clear what that goal was in the first place. Over half of the unregistered trials, 50%, changed the outcomes they were originally looking for or lowered the bar for what was considered to be a success. Why is that bad? Because that allowed the drug makers to claim that the medication worked when, in fact, the rules got altered to fit the results. And since the researchers pointed out doctors rely on this clinical information to guide the patient uh, in their patient care decision, uh, the wool is being pulled over the doctor's eyes as well. Then the dark world of trials that go unpublished. When trials, you know, some of them never see the light of day, as Roberta Shearer, an expert at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, you know, a mainstream hospital, John Hopkins, explains they're typically ones that found that drugs didn't work or were dangerous, the ones that never get published. The worst-case scenario, she said, is that you could be taking a treatment that's not just ineffective but possibly even harmful. So how do you really know when an approved drug is actually safe or it isn't? Well, the biggest thing this tells us is to avoid taking drugs as much as you can, right? Because you may never know. And when you, when you must take one, there's some homework you should do before filling that, that prescription. You know, you wouldn't let someone sell you a car or a vacuum cleaner without checking it out first, how it's been rated, go to consumer reports, see what others are saying, et cetera, et cetera. So well, how can you check on drugs? Well, one way I sort of hinted to last week, one way to check the, is the Public Citizen Worst Pills website, and it's called worst, W-O-R-S-T, pills.org, worstpills.org. It's on my Facebook page. You can put the name of a drug your doctor recommends to you in the search box and see what comes up. And if it should land in the group's do not use section, like the widely advertised bone medication Prolia, you'll immediately know it's something you should avoid. If only your doctors would do the same thing, and maybe you should ask them to do this, worstpills.org. Next, check out with Cochrane. C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. It's an independent group of researchers from around the world who specialize in analyzing drug trials. And that's at Cochrane.org. There you can also search for a drug by putting its name in the box at the top right of the homepage. For example, when there's a big media flurry, like last year, over how statins can keep you from getting dementia, Cochrane analyzed the research behind that claim and concluded that the, quote, good evidence shows statins do not prevent dementia. These sources are especially important, ladies and gentlemen, to counter all the stories and drug ads we're smacked with in the face day in and day out. And that's something the big pharmaceutical companies are counting on, after all. Billions of dollars of worthless and dangerous drugs would never be prescribed in the first place if most people know the truth. So now you know where we're coming from with today's program. We have a lot more information for you. Dr. Jerry, 
Uh, yes, sir. What, what, what's your feeling about the evils of the big pharmaceutical companies, all the lobbyists they have, and uh, and what they're doing to to us as citizens of the United States? And this is well, with, with legal drugs, right? Right. <clears throat> well, just to <clears throat> excuse me, mention to you um, the so-called um, bribes. It's rampant bribery. Okay, yeah. Pfizer got caught bribing medical professionals in Bulgaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Italy, Kazakhstan, Russia, China, and Serbia. They got nailed for a sixty million dollar fine. Okay, they didn't blink an eye. It's probably what about three days of sales. Um, so they're willing to pay the fines because they keep getting their drugs out there in front of everybody. So. You also have the disinformation from the journals. Um, the ex-editor uh, of New England Journal of Medicine you know, came up with the statement that 50% of the articles okay, are not valid. You know, that's pretty scary. Yeah, that's that, the New England Journal of Medicine, right, Jerry? I mean, this yeah, is, that's like this one is, of your top medical journals in the world. Not Prevention Magazine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's not the Reader's Digest, you know. Exactly. exactly. And the other uh, case situation was um, the one from the new, uh, which we'll call it, Lancet. I mean, this is like top dog, top tier so-called medical journals. And they basically had the same uh, statement that the case against science is straightforward. He said much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may simply be untrue, afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analysis, and flagrant conflicts of interest together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance. Science has taken a turn towards darkness. I mean, this is from the probably most prestigious medical journal in the world. And when these people start you know, reinforcing how corrupt the system is because they just want to put stuff out there that the doctors can send their patients to us. Oh, it's in the New England Journal of Medicine or it's in the Lancet. It has to be good. Excellent point. And the other, uh, you know, craziness, there were uh, five big secrets that the drug companies don't want you to know. One I just mentioned to you about was the rampant bribery. The other one is, and this kind of floored me, um, repackaging the medications to trick you into taking it. So, for example, you have an antidepressant Prozac, okay? This causes people to, like, kill their spouses when they go. It actually makes you more depressed because the Prozac has three molecules of fluoride in it. So they're giving yeah, you a medication that's supposed to treat depression, but it actually can make it worse. But here's the the joke of it all. They pick names because it conveys a certain feeling that they're trying to market. So <clears throat> the word Prozac gives you the uh, the feeling of science. Now, they have another drug called Sarafen, which is targeted for women, but that sounds more feminine. But in reality, Sarafen and Prozac, are, but it's put out by Eli Lilly. It's the exact same medication. Jeez. So, they're, you know, it's a sleight of hand, you know. Uh, the old show game, and it's a joke because the people think that there's the different medications, it's the exact same crap, but they know how to suck in the different, you know, uh, people by the marketing uh, scam. They also 
flood the, the world with bad research. So when pharmaceutical companies roll out a new product uh, that they know occasionally gives patients uncontrollable diarrhea, so they first release an overwhelming number of falsified studies to counteract it. And it's all bogus. So the drug, give you an example, drug company Medtronic paid $210 million to dozens of surgeons to sign their names to medical articles that were drafted and edited by, with the help of Medtronic's marketers to advertise a company's bone growth product called Infuse. The same Infuse was later linked to cancer and infertility in men. So they've, you know, affected, impacted millions of people. And the warnings were always there in fine print. You know, it's like six-point uh, fonts where you can't even read the darn things. You need a magnifying glass. So they know how to tweak the words so that you don't bother reading them. But, you know, they've uh, paid off uh, doctors with titles to give you the illusion that this drug is good for you. Uh, another interesting technique, of course, deploying an army of lying sales representatives. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. You have sales representatives visits are basically a medical education equivalent of a pizza delivery in a porno film, <laughs> in which, <laughs> by which we mean that it's quick and convenient and usually ends in someone getting screwed. Well, the bad news is the, the one that's getting screwed is, is the public. <laughs> the, the, other, the other one is... <laughs> Complaining shills. You've got shills everywhere. You know, you used to think about, oh, you have the American Society of whatever or the National Center of Stuff. These are all shill organizations that put out this phony literature or, or statements. And the people think, oh, it must be true because, you know, this prestigious organization is backing it. And, you know, a perfect example, the manufacturers of an acne medication, um, it was put out by uh, uh, Galderm. And 13 of the 15 uh, so-called experts, and they're from the American Acne and Rosacea Society, very prestigious group, of course, they're on the payroll. So when the AARS, the American Acne and Rosacea Society, recommended a treatment for acne, it was no surprise that the uh, Galderm was $2,500 a year plan instead of using an equally effective $120 a year generic alternative. So again... They're just promoting the highest, you know, uh, price tag to get more uh, profits in their pocketbook. Then you have the rampant bribery. They don't, they don't bribery. make much money, do they? Oh my God! What are you kidding me? It's it's like uh, we're, I have the information on my little it's notes. Probably, here, it's probably only trillions or something. Probably nothing. That's right. It's just a pittance. Yeah, trillions is right. And in England too, there's been a lot of. Uh, craziness going on over there where people are getting, uh, you know, beat over the head with the prices. Um, let me just see real quickly here. Yeah, basically, uh, you're, oh, at $217 billion in the UK, okay? Uh, you know, the Fortune 500 companies, they're all, you know, run by the same powerful money people. And, uh, you know, 31% is spent on marketing and administration and only 14% on research and development. So, you know, they're always crying the blues. We need more money. That's why we have to charge so much. It's a scam. They're spending twice as much on marketing and research. And the key here is that the industry is now in trouble. And they're finally starting to admit it. The, the golden goose is finally starting to uh, 
go in a downhill spiral. Why? Because in the 1990s, they were pumping out, um, you know, 50 new drugs a year. But now it's only about 20. But now they got a new game in town. It's called the Me Too drugs. And they're basically rough copies of previous drugs with a little twist in the molecular structure so that they can get a patent on it. But it's it's nothing new, so they're not really designed to improve your health. They're just designed to improve their profits. And that's the, the Me Too, uh, you know, group. Um, you know, a couple other things. You know, the other delaying tactics that they use when their 10-year patent starts to run out, um, they start filing what they call citizen petitions. And these are a stealthy and innocuous-sounding way for companies to keep out the competitors. So what they do is they file these uh, p- citizen petitions, and you would think that it's done by the, the public, you know, but it's really done by the pharmaceutical industry. And it's just frivolous, uh, you know, and and just ridiculous statements that the FDA has to review and and comment on. So the bottom line is it delays the competition of generic drugs from getting out on the market. I mean, I never knew this t- uh, tactic, but apparently it's uh, used on a, de- on a regular basis. And uh, I think 92% of them were filed by the pharmaceutical companies, and the FDA shot down 92% of the petitions. They, it's all a game. And even the FDA got is annoyed at the, the process. But it's the law, so they have to you know follow through the motions. Um, you know, one one thing that gets me upset, uh, and that's the the FDA is the single government agency responsible for certifying drugs as safe and effective, right? Yet they take absolutely no responsibility for the deaths caused by these drugs once they're out on the market. That's a criminal offense. Well, yeah, and then it comes out of the taxpayers' money when they pay you off yeah. the uh, yeah. the awards. We went to, I think, last week we were talking about that. It was crazy. $800,000. The average was $100,000. Yeah, that was just, yeah, exactly. That was just vaccines. Yeah, and drugs. that's just one one small part of the one whole. Our, yeah, and, you know, the U.S. is like 80% of the drugs have to do with pain uh, resolution in the United States. I couldn't believe that. It is that high, huh? That's yeah. Just, I, didn't I, I didn't think it was either. Yeah, it's crazy. 80%. Eight, yeah, 80% of the world's supply of painkillers are being prescribed, and it's by in the United States. Eighty percent, Jerry, in the United States. Yeah, it says the U.S. contains just five percent of the world population, right. but it consumes over half of all prescribed medications and a phenomenal eighty percent of the world supply of painkillers. Wow, that's a disgrace. I mean, that blew me away. Absolutely blew me. Yeah. Away. Well, sure, when you eat Twinkies and you're eating the popcorn and the pretzels and you have all the canola oil and you know, the omega-6 oils, it's causing pain and inflammation. Those junk foods are what's causing the darn problem. And that's why, you know, people are so in pain today. It's the darn processed foods. You know, and they tell us not to eat this stuff, and they keep putting more and more of it on television right in your face. So they can sell more drugs because they're going to be in pain. It is. You know, Go out the, and the buy gluten. these junk. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to do something else at McDonald's, or we're going to do something else at Wendy's, or, what? oh, look at this. 
thing you you should buy. And that goes out. That makes you go out and buy more drugs because you need it with all the garbage you're eating. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, they say the average U.S. citizen spends about a thousand dollars on pharmaceutical drugs a year. That's forty percent higher than Canadians. Wow. I mean, they got a market like you can't imagine. It's like, you know, fishing in a barrel. You, you know, you can't miss. You go. You got to get something. Big pharma. It's a criminal racket. They no longer need. They no longer need outside independent research demonstrating a drug's efficacy to the FDA. Okay, they they, they do their own research. So it's like you know the fox is guarding the hen house. Well, just like we said, they 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 if a if a trial is doesn't turn out to their liking, it's never been registered, so they never they don't publish it. And nobody knows the difference. Right, and the other joke is that the research outcomes only have to show that the drug outperforms a placebo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a joke. It, it's just you know what it is we are on the dark side. It's out of control. There's no one monitoring, and because most of these people are paid off. You know, a perfect example was what happened with the CDC when um, was a William Thompson blew the whistle. You remember that? Where of they, they we, we talked about it on our vaccine show. Yeah, exactly. So he he blew the whistle, and guess what? Nothing happened. They he admitted they admitted William Thompson. He became the whistleblower, and he admitted that in 2004 the CDC study was falsified in order to show that there was no link between the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine and autism. And in 20, 2014, Dr. Thompson stated, "I regret." that my co-authors and I omitted statistically significant information in our 204 article published in the Journal of Pediatrics. He says, folks, we have a whistleblower at the CDC who has admitted under oath that the CDC falsified data in order to deny a link between vaccines and autism. And Dr. Thompson has stated that senior CDC researchers tried to destroy all the documents related to the cover-up. However, Dr. Thompson saved many of these documents. Now, here, a year and a half later, nothing has happened. Nothing. No congressional hearings, no mainstream media coverage. But this is how they, they control the system. They they won't let anything out on the radio, TV, or, or newspapers. Let, let me throw a new name out. Ronald Kavanaugh. Who is he? Well... He's a man who examined applications to approve new medical drugs at the FDA. Here's what he had to say, and I'm going to quote this. Uh, he says, and during the interview, he exposes the FDA as relentlessly relentless criminal mafia protecting its client, Big Pharma, with a host of mob strategies, Kavanaugh, widespread racketeering, including witness tampering and witness retaliation. I was threatened with prison. So Mr. Kavanaugh reviewed new drug applications made by the FDA, to the FDA by pharmaceutical companies, and he was one of the holdouts at the agency who insisted that the drugs had to be safe and effective before being released to the public. But, you know, that wasn't part of the FDA culture, and he was swimming against the tide. And then he realized his life and the life of his children was on the line, and what was this big, dark, secret task at the FDA? Drug reviewers were clearly told not to question drug companies 
and that our job was to approve drugs, unquote. In other words, rubber stamp them, say the drugs were safe and effective when they were not. Now, Mr. Kavanaugh's revelations, I think, are pretty astonishing, but does anybody ever hear about hear that name before today? No, no like I never hear on the 11 o'clock news. No, no. Uh, and and well, this all started, like Dr. Smith said, 17 years ago when Dr. Barbara Starfield wrote in the AMA, July 26, 2000, in an article was titled "Is U.S. Really the Be- Is U.S. Health Really the Best in the World?" And that's when that it was exposed that the fact that the FDA approved medical drugs that kill hundreds of thousands of Americans per year. So this is nothing new, but no one's reporting on it, and the our our, our representatives are not doing anything because I hate to say they're they're bought off by the big pharmaceutical companies. And, but who pays the price? You pay the price with your taxes, and you pay the price with your life. Keeping well, on another, life. yeah, I mean, it, it's even, you know, not only are they putting out phony drugs and phony research, but when there is a, a major breakthrough, they basically character assassinate and, and you know, destroy the the. the uh, the developers, the pioneers, you know, give you some examples. And this, this broke my heart. Uh, back in the 1930s, you had Royal Raymond Rife. He developed a frequency machine that literally killed cancer cells, viruses and bacteria and fungi without destroying healthy cells. So in 1934, a group of doctors headed by Dr. E.C. Rosenau, who was the head bacteriologist of the Mayo Clinic. So you're not talking about second-rate uh, research centers here. You had Dr. Arthur Kendall, who was the dean of the Northwest Medical School, and Dr. Milbank Johnson, who was the head of the Southern California Medical Society. They were given 16 terminally ill cancer patients. In 160 days, they were all cured with the right frequencies. Now, the irony was Dr. Milbank Johnson uh, mysteriously died the night before he was to give a press conference on the results of this study, okay, boom, just disappeared. E.C. Rosenau, he would not speak to anyone about the Rife technology or ever use it again, and Dr. Arthur Kendall, who was the dean of the Northwest Medical School, he suddenly disappeared, and he was located down in Mexico when he was living on a 300-acre farm down there. So, you know, this is what they do. And the following year, um, 11 research centers around the United States that were – validating Rife's frequency machine mysteriously burned down. Yeah. So that's no accident. And unfortunately, Rife's scientific theories and method of treatment conflicted with orthodox medicine. It would have destroyed the whole drug industry. His work was stopped, and both uh, the research and the treatments were forced underground, and certain doctors were secretly using it uh, for curing cancer, but they were afraid, you know, if they got caught, they would lose their licenses. And unfortunately, he died in 1971, a broken derelict whose dedication and inventions could have saved millions of lives. I mean, it, it's just, it breaks your heart. The technology is out there, people. The, you can go on the Internet and look up some of these wonderful breakthroughs. You know, another one that really broke my heart was um, Dr. William Frederick Koch. In 1919, this guy discovered carbonyl catalysts, and he would inject two cc's of a homeopathic of this carbonyl catalyst 
into dying patients who were dying of cancer in the hospitals. Within two weeks, they were walking out well. And I don't have to tell you, they did a number on the guy. He was the guy that discovered in 1913 that when they do the thyroidectomies, they were taking out the parathyroid glands, and they were killing the people because they'd go into tetany because they had no calcium control. And he was lauded by the American Medical Association. Wonderful, beautiful research, fantastic scientist. But also, when he discovered the cure for cancer, he was a terrorist. He finally ran uh, him out of the country. The, and you use the right word, too. It is an industry. It is a cancer industry. Absolutely. And, and, they, and, and But the pharmaceutical companies are actually terrorists because they're destroying the fabric of our whole medical system. Absolutely. Uh, and, in fact, if I remember, my memory serves me correctly, Dr. Ralph Moss wrote a book in the, in the 80s or 90, late 80s, uh, Cancer, an Industry. Where he yeah. came out swinging against the, which what we're talking about today. But what happened between the, the, uh, uh, his book and today? I mean, nobody's reporting on, nobody's doing anything because why? Yeah, we're get people are getting bought off. Well, you know, Ralph Morse's story. He was a medical writer for Sloan Kettering, and you know, he was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed young fella. And he, you know, wanted to stir up some new news. So he interviewed uh, one of the staff researchers, a Japanese guy, um, at Sloan Kettering. And he was saying, well, what's the deal with um, uh, B-17, that McDollic acid? He said, oh, that McDollic acid's wonderful. It works. It helps to shrink tumors. So a couple of days later, when Sloan Kettering had a press conference, you know, they say, well, what's new on the horizon? So, you know, he's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. He gets up there and he says, well, add McDollic acid, B17, uh, Laetrile. It helps to shrink tumors. Well, guess what? He got fired the next week <laughs> because he, sure he was just divulging the truth about what the researchers were finding at Sloan Kettering. And what in his book he was talking about, there were seven people on the board of Sloan Kettering. Five of them were CEOs of the drug companies. And the other two was the CEO of the uh, uh, New York Times, and the other one was the Wall Street Journal. So they would write glaring articles, okay, in the newspapers about this wonderful new chemo treatment that Sloan Kettering got first dibs on from the five pharmaceutical companies, right? And they would drive the the people into the hospital there at Sloan Kettering to beginning things. That's how it worked. Yeah, he, and he and he still, ladies and gentlemen, he still does consultations. So he's still around and still still vital to to our uh, our, our understanding of uh, cancer and and different options of treatment. But th- this is a you know this is again this goes back to what we're talking about today. How the pharmaceutical industry, the lobbyists, are controlling what they're allowing us to have, and that we have more options out there. Uh, but sorry to say, we have to get out and do our homework. You are the CEO of your body. You have to get all the information you can get. Even I, I was looking the other day, Reuters uh, came out against the FDA. I, I guess they, they're going to pay a price because they even said new medications are being uh, released too soon to the market and they're re- being released uh, with the with the proviso that further studies be done and records be kept and just nothing's being done, ladies and gentlemen. Medications are getting out to the market. No, no records are being kept. No follow-up studies. No, uh, nothing's being done by these companies because they know they can get away with it. 
And uh, Novartis had a $72,000 a year multiple sclerosis treatment. It was approved, and they told the company it would lower, you know, the company was, the FDA told the company, well, why don't you test and see if a lower dose that wouldn't cost so much would be just as effective. Well, that was six years after approval. Now it's six years after that drug was approved. The trial has yet to be completed, and so far they've sold $2.8 billion of the drug. Well, that's the important thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. They don't care how many people that they hurt or or maybe some people will benefit. Uh, it just it's despicable, you know. And I, and I we have go a, back. Again. No, just and, and then we, do, we have I've intravenous vitamin C. You know, you, you can't buy it anymore. And recently, and I'm not going to go into this whole study that's out there. If, if I, we get calls or you put paste on Facebook, I'll get to you. But uh, you know, you see a study on statins, and it's all over. It's on this, this station, that station, front page of the Wall Street Journal. But, you know, if you have a, a disease called sepsis where you have maybe a prostate infection or a bladder infection that gets into your body and your body uh, starts killing you from the inside out, okay, uh, and uh, about half a million people die from it every year. Now, a doctor finds a treatment that works. It's intravenous vitamin C. Don't you think we should be known, knowing about that more than statins, which don't work? Vitamin well, you know, even taking it to the sexes. next Yeah, I mean, taking it to the next level. When there was a big uh, AIDS conference a number of years ago, there was a French researcher who said that he was giving IV vitamin C and reversing or putting it into remission. And, of course, <laughs> they shoved him to the back of the room. They they stifled the poor guy. They they don't want the truth out there because vitamin C, they, you know, they can't patent it. So nope. there's no controlled, you know, profits in this stuff. So they just keep pushing out the, the AZT, which is what, $14,000 a person for a year for the poison? But you know, it's it also just, sad. This was done in Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk General Hospital, Dr. Paul Myrick. He, is, he saved in a year 150 patients with sepsis using high-dose vitamin C. Well, it's you not know, one viral, my, Jerry. It's not going viral. You, you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, because these doctors, well, they'll get nailed for practicing substandard medicine. I know in 1997 when my wife had uh, breast cancer and she had a lumpectomy, I had a plead with the anesthesiologist to give her uh, like 2,500 milligrams of vitamin C IV at the end of the surgery when they did the lumpectomy. She had absolutely no pain and no swelling afterwards, nada. And, and, you know, I'd recommend it to other people who were getting, you know, surgical procedures. It's too darn simple. And they figure, you know, vitamin C, it's in the hospital pharmacy. It's not some exotic drug that you have to swim through crocodile-infested waters to find. And and you don't have to explain to them. They all know what vitamin C is. But, again, it, it goes against, the you know, the big pharmaceutical industry and, uh, you know, kills their their profits. That's what it's all about. And then we talked about a few months back about Repatha and Praluent, these uh, injectable drugs to lower the LDL because lower is better, mm. but not not really true. I mean, we know that we've talked about it, but now you know what they're coming up with new reasons for you to use it without any studies, so they can sell more. They're PCSK9 inhibitors, ladies and gentlemen, and we've talked about them. They're extremely Dangerous. They they actually work really well. They knock that LDL down 
to the basement. I mean, down in the 20s and 30s. So you definitely are going to get get Alzheimer's and everything else. Hemorrhagic strokes been associated with it. Raging depression, anxiety, cancer, neurocognitive adverse effects, like I say, dementia. Well, a new study which was paid for by Amgen is aimed at finding out just how many more prescriptions they can sell. Okay, now at Duke University, see they do pick out prestigious places. They they moan or they're moaning and groaning there the fact that so many patients are they're crying and they're you know, in their in their bank accounts, they're kept from using Repata because they've been denied payments by their insurance companies. The drug costs fourteen G K a year, fourteen thousand dollars a year, and they're, they're, the doctors are, are crying that patients uh, LDL is a little bit too high. Uh, we should be having you know, more patients should be able to take this. Insurance companies should should cover it. Well. I, I could go on and on, but the, it, the cholesterol is not the problem. But they're trying to use it now for uh, infections and, and, and other things just so they can sell this $14,000 a year drug. So, well, again, yeah. I guess the the, the, the the bottom line, Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan, is what we tell our listeners. Please take control of your health and, and please do some research. Please keep an open mind. Uh, if you're going to be put on, especially if a new drug, doctor says, oh, I have this new drug for you. Say, hold it a second, you know. Let's do some research about it. What's in this drug? How many How many studies? I mean, you really have to get into the nitty-gritty. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting. That, that, that's my takeaway. Yeah, the other important focus is, and I keep harping on is my mantras, what's the core problem? What's the underlying reason? So I, I just had a retired dentist in today is my last patient, and he said, you know, what's your take on these vitamin formulas for boosting mitochondria? I said to him, Scott, okay, let's take it down to the bare basement level here. What's causing the mitochondria to become dysfunctional? He said, oh, great question. I said, yeah, because you can have pesticides, you can have heavy metals, you can have viruses, fungi, um, you know, other chemicals, uh, vaccines trapped in the mitochondria causing them to be dysfunctional. You can have an underactive thyroid diminishing the number of mitochondria. So, you know, I said to him, because he was telling me he has low oxygen in his blood and he's, you know, trying all these different things. I said, look, if what you were doing was working, you wouldn't be on my doorstep. So I, I tested him out, and guess what? He had a, a pesticide and mercury in his mitochondria. I said, do you want me to recommend something to pull out those two toxins so your mitochondria starts working, so your energy level goes up and your oxygen levels go? He says, absolutely. So, you know, this is how you have to start asking the doctor is what you're telling me about my so-called disease, are you telling me that what's the causative factor? If he's not telling you a causative factor, he's just saying, well, we're going to treat the symptom, put your sneakers on and, and run the other way because he's only going to kill you with a drug that's toxic and you're already deficient and have toxic problems and he's going to make it worse. You know, a perfect example was interesting, the old Hoxie formula. You know, uh, John Hoxie had a horse who had developed cancer in its leg. And what was fascinating, he put the horse out the pasture as opposed to shooting it. And he noticed that the horse would go to a specific area of the pasture and start eating these wild flowers. Well, after a couple months of this, the horse's cancer disappeared. And so he developed that whole hoxie 
herbal formula that, you know, was working. And, of course, the FDA and the pharmaceutical companies went after him in the early 1900s and, and destroyed the guy. You know, they prevented his clinic from operating, and, you know, they just destroyed him. Uh, you know, the same thing happened with uh, Stanislaw Brzezinski. He was a, no, he's, a, my, he's, he's my champion. He's a hero, he's incredible yes. Polish researcher. He worked with George Unger, and they found out that the peptides uh, were, you know, inactivated by as much as 97% the DNA of cancer cells. He went on to develop the anti-neoplastins, which were very effective in reversing cancer. So what happened to him? In 1983, he was harassed by the FDA with four grand jury investigations, an indictment, and finally a trial that he, he beat the FDA that they lost. God, you know, thank God for something. Yeah. Um, he, 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 he has that Polish mentality. He was not going to give in. He knew he was right. Patients came and, and testified for him. They, 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 they marched for him. And, in fact, whether you know it or not, uh, on uh, uh, Netflix, or there are there's the Dr. Brzezinski story. I really recommend it to people. It, it is an incredible documentary on his life. I mean, these people should be lauded. They should be educating the universities. You know, the, the, the cancer riddle has been solved many, many years ago. Um, and, and they just keep covering up because it's a moneymaker. And plus, it's a way, unfortunately, to thin the population. I hate to say that, but the, the, this is an agenda of this, uh, you know, whole pharmaceutical world, you know, uh, conspiracy that's going on. But what's interesting, the Supreme Court in India is seriously considering filing suit against um, Bill Gates because he's damaged and killed so many children with the so-called international vaccine program. And they're pretty perturbed about it. So that may, and unfortunately, you'll probably never hear about it in the news anyway, but they are seriously considering suing Bill Gates, which to me is, is an indication that it ain't working. Uh, and another little sad story was, of course, the SEACT. Um, it was an herbal formula that was given to Renee Cassie. Uh, she was a nurse in Ottawa, and it was by the uh, Ojibwe Indians. And it had four primary ingredients. It had burdock root, which was for detox the body, slippery elm inner bark, which is also detox, Indian rhubarb root, which was detox, and sheep sorrel, which had the anti-cancerous properties. And here's a woman they were making up the tea, giving it out, to people that couldn't afford it, getting phenomenal results, and they shut her down. But well, poetic justice, one of the uh, the politicians came down with cancer, and he knocked on her door and wanted to get help, and she wouldn't treat him. I said, "God bless you." That was the greatest, <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> karma you know, you I, could I ever... haven't, I ha- I haven't had that for a while. But when I was in Pennsylvania, I used to get it at a place called Penn Herbs. I don't think they're in business absolutely. Anymore, That's but... where I get all my herbs. Uh, they've been they're around since the early 1930s. Yeah, they are a great company. I, I mean, I obviously we don't have any advertisers. We don't take any money from any advertisers. But uh, I used to get all my herbs from Penn. They're still there, huh? Absolutely. They have a, a really uh, beautiful store that they've uh, resurrected, uh, they built up. Um, I think you can go online. They have a store online. And I yeah. buy bulk herbs from them. In fact, I make up my own SEAC tea. You know, I just buy the individual uh, ingredients and mix them together, and you make a tea out of it, and it helps to detox you. Now, the other interesting thing is you want to read some books. Um, you know, instead of wasting time on watching, um, 
you know, this nonsense, uh, the, the Kardashians and all that crap on TV. <laughs> Educate yourself. There's the book of Politics and Healing that goes into detail of about all these different major breakthroughs in cancer. There's another one called The Cancer Cure That Worked 50 Years of Suppression by Barry Lyons, talked about the Rife uh, technology. It's important that you educate yourself because the doctors aren't going to give you answers, that's for sure. If they give you three minutes on a sunny day, you think you've been blessed by the Pope. Um, the key is education, go slowly, try to get you know good diet, uh, start drinking some clean water, not tap water with the chlorine in it and, and you know, 50 other chemicals that are contaminating your water. And um, you'll see, you'll start to feel better. They must have a, a, a psychologist or psychiatrist uh, working with them, too, in order to, to put these advertisements on television with the subliminal stuff that you see. Every day there's a new drug on television, and everybody's laughing and dancing and doing all kinds of happy things and playing tennis, and they're giving you all these bad side effects. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. And now the other thing, do you ever notice, uh, Dr. Dan, they use cartoon characters when they're promoting the drug. So they're, you know, totally. appealing to your childhood mentality, I think. And somebody's dancing around and somebody's doing this and they're telling you your nose is going to fall off and your ears going to turn green and your toes are going. What is going on? Anyway, I've mentioned this before. Do not use a new drug till you see what it does. Because I, I saw this in practice. Always wait. You don't know if it's going to kill people, no matter what they tell you. This is the greatest drug that ever came out. It's not true. You don't know that. Well, the other problem, too, that we mentioned from previous shows is polypharmacy. I know, uh, Dr. Ron, you've mentioned that numerous times where, you know, you go to four different doctors and they each prescribing their own little, uh, you know, uh, panacea for the, resolving your symptoms. And two of the drugs could kill you. You, you know what I mean? And, and that's right. why that compounding pharmacy, it's got to be your best friend. Before you start adding another drug into your regime, talk to your compounding pharmacist. I mean, that's what these guys are there for. It could save your life. It's Absolutely. happened to me so many times. Oh, just take this other drug. Well, what about the other ones that I'm taking? What about the interaction? Don't worry How about do you know? That's you know, so uh, the pharmacist... Say, Don't worry can, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just take it, right? <laughs> You'll yeah. be all right. Tony, Tony Soprano always used to say that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> that 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 blends perf perfectly at what I was going to say. Forget about it when Forget it comes to the flu right. shot. Forget about it. Forget you know, about uh, it. We'll go to the pork I, factory and everything will be okay. We'll take uh, care of it. <laughs> I just did walnuts, the. Uh, right? Rel okay. The absolute risk versus the <laughs> relative risk for flu zone. You, you know, oh, there was a zone. Wait to hear this. You know, they say that the flu zone for adults, okay, is... Is that uh, the new one, Ron, the new strong one? Yeah. It, they said, okay. let me get my numbers here, 69% effective. Mm. Not to bore the audience again. But there's a relative risk and an absolute risk. Well, the absolute risk uh, is the difference between the flu zone and the placebo group was 2.27%. In oh, my good. mind, and what I know about 
statistics, that means the flu zone was nearly 98% ineffective at, uh, in preventing the flu because there was a two, only 2.27% benefit for those who took the vaccine. So it failed 98% of the time if you use the absolute risk. If you use the relative risk, which the drug companies do, they're going to say it was 69% effective. So forget about it. Forget about it. And what did we talk about last week? Aluminum, glyphosate, mercury, polysorbate 80, who and who else, whatever else is in there. Yeah, formaldehyde. You got it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and the bottom line is that they actually use more mercury, thimerosal, in the flu vaccines than the regular vaccines. And that's what it's a neurotoxin. Eli Lilly knew this back in the 1930s when they, you know, developed this as a cheap preservative. They sent it out to the other pharmaceutical companies. And they they gave them back feedback. They say you can't use this. It's a neurotoxin. It'll attack your nerves. And they they didn't care. They just continued on their merry way with putting these poisons in there as cheap preservatives. I remember, well, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Now, let me just recap where we've been. We've been talking about pharmaceutical companies and how they manipulate us into thinking that the the newest and best is 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 really good for us and. Uh, we really can't go uh, and trust them, to be honest with you. Uh, I want to just go start backwards again. November 14th, Dr. Bennett Amalu, the inspiration, the doctor who did the autopsy on Mike Webster. November 14th will be our guest uh, on the Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored program. November what time is that, Ron? 14th, November 14th. 8.30 in the morning? No, no, no. no It'll four, be at 4 o'clock. Four, four, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, he's, uh, he's four. Okay. November 14th, 4 o'clock, same time as usual. Okay. Uh, All right. October 24th, we'll have a uh, segment on cannabinoids uh, with uh, how to use them, how, the science behind them. Uh, are they anti-inflammatory? What you should do, you should use them topically, uh, use them homeopathically, whatever. We'll have a whole show that... We're going to try and make a summit show where you can uh, use it as a reference uh, or tell your friends if you if you're they you know they want information on cannabinoids. Next week, uh, I, I I'm sprung on my co-host that we should be talking about tattoo ink because of the nanoparticles and the long-term toxic effects of these inks you know, with our immune system and. Uh, well, that will at least take up half the show next week, ladies and gentlemen, talking about tattoos. So, uh, Dr. Dan, I think I interrupted you. You were going to say something? Uh, oh, uh, good good question. I, I can't think that uh, far back. <laughs> I forgot already what it was. Well, we, had, no, we I, really you – know, we did a, had a great show. We give a lot of information, and sometimes I think it's too much, but we're going to keep repeating it, ladies and gentlemen. Because you're not going to hear this any other place. I, I scan Block Talk Radio. I scan other podcasts. Uh, you may hear a little here and there, but you're, you're not going to hear the uh, the science behind what we say. Uh, a lot of it but is going to be Which reminds me, um, you remember the song, You Light Up My Life, by Debbie Boone? Yep. Well, that's what you're doing. That's what we're we're trying to do, and that's what you're trying to do on the show, and you know whatever we can we can add to it. Um, 
and uh, of course she was a one-hit wonder, but that's all she needed. And that's what's happening here, uh, trying to inform the people about what's really going on in the world and not just from the Western side of medicine, adding the Eastern side and then everything that we can possibly to put together so that they can make the right decisions when they go and see their doctors. Because you have to make your own decisions along with the doctor or you're going to die earlier than you should maybe. That's well, they know, how, that's how and, I feel about it. Anyway. In the small towns in Italy, they know if you go to the dentist or the doctor that you're going to die at a younger age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they keep away from them. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know a lot of my Italian friends. I'm going to go to the doctor because I'm going to die. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> what, 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 what is that? What is that saying? Ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of the people are going to get better anyway, whether they go to the doctor or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there you that go. Is before they start eating the junk food, Doctor Dan, there's a lot of junk out there that people are just—they're oh. putting in their body and they're putting in their minds. They're, they're, they don't get a break from all the uh, uh, relentless newscasts. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy. Well, they're eating crazy. a lot of high fructose. It's just—it's yeah. all—it's all, it's all to, to destroy your mind, also. And and the pesticide, you know, was funny. My lady friend has two cats, and so since I'm getting two two cats in November 1st, I'm uh, getting gorgeous little kittens. But I started doing the research, and she was telling me she uses a kitty litter that's made from corn. And so I said, well, let me test it. So I, I energetically tested. Guess what? It's full of glyphosate. So oh. they're probably using the corn that they can't market. Huh. Or use for the gas that are grinding it up and making it into kitty litter. So the poor cats, you know, they're innocent victims are going into the little, you know, kitty box and uh, and then again the and, and they're, they're absorbing the the glyphosate from the darn kitty litter. And then the people get wow. it too from kittens and so forth and uh, spreading it around the house. Exactly. Oh, you know, I had the I had an analogy that I thought about yesterday. And that, that is, even our clothing is like a nicoderm patch. You know, if, if you're not, sure. if you don't, you know, it, it just gets absorbed through the largest organ of your body, the skin. All the junk that we put on there that's put in the clothes, it's the, when they were using flame retardants, all this stuff, mm. is just it's right absorbed. So we're, you know, a one big nicoderm patch. Scary. That's unbelievable. So anyway, I think... We gave enough information for our listeners to mull over and, uh, you know, wake up. Just got to ask the right questions. And anytime someone wants to put a drug into you, you know, start asking, is this going to address the underlying cause? And or is there a natural alternative? See, the docs, they don't know vitamins, herbs, homeopathics, ionic silver. You know, perfect example, I had a, a plantar uh, uh virus in my little toe and uh you know those are things burrow in the plantar uh you know lesion the plantar yeah, ward I, right the ward right the plantar right. ward so i was kept putting methylene blue on it it took about three months but the darn thing peeled off there you go simple was it 16 dollars yeah. for a little bottle you can buy it on the internet and yeah. just be careful you don't get it on your countertops or your floors because it stains and and you look like a Smurf, you know, if you get it all. I'm going to tell you what nails. takes it off. What's that? 
whitening toothpaste with fluoride. I finally found a use for that stuff. Oh, so no. my toe won't get the cavities, right? Yeah, that'll take <laughs> off the blue stains. The only I had some laying around, and it took the blue right off. How about that? But but I spilled some on the on the sink when I was I was transferring it to my dropper bottle. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, now look, gentlemen. But, if electricity comes from electrons, does morality <laughs> come from morons? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you know, talking so about morality. Yeah, I you know, corruption is is worse than prostitution. He says the latter endangers the morals of an individual, but the former endangers the morals of an entire country. Absolutely. Wow. Hey, do you know why we must be quiet in church? Why? Why? A little girl raised her hand in class and you know what she said? Because the people are sleeping. <laughs> so remember when you when you go to church, don't wake anybody up. That's true. <laughs> I love it. All right, one more for our our new uh, animal friend, Dr. Jerry. Uh, Dr. Jerry, do you ever notice that when you blow in a dog's face, he gets mad at you? You put him in a car, take him for a ride. He sticks his head out the window. Right. Figure right. that one. <laughs> no, it's your breath. It's not the fresh air. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to a uh, a show that's growing in popularity thanks to your uh, listening to us. Uh, most of our listens are, are archive listens. Uh, I have to admit that uh, uh, we get a lot of listens on uh, iTunes now and uh, Stitcher. So thank you for that. And of course, you can listen here on Blog Talk Radio. You can just go to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Go. It'll take you to all the shows that we have done, and they, most of them have good t- have titles that you can refer to. Uh, so next week, tattoos. Uh, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan. They, we all put a lot of time into the show, ladies and gentlemen, about 10 hours per hour of, of, of airtime. I'm looking forward to our show on cannabinoids, looking forward to speaking with Dr. Amalu, and uh, we should learn a lot about concussions. And then we're going to follow that up uh, with Dr. Jerry and uh, Janet uh, Domen and Domen. some other experts in the field, uh, so we can uh, have two oh, yeah. topics tied together. So, uh, but we'll start it off with a concussion with Dr. Amalu. All right, gentlemen, uh, I think that's the end of today's show. So, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Ciao, everybody. Take care. Ciao. Dr. Ron, I have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.